Good morning. It's, it's warm in here this morning, isn't it? Have you noticed that? Have uh, Hands up if you've told the person next to you it's, it's really warm in here this morning. No, no, don't raise them up too high. We don't want those kind of arms going everywhere. Turn to the person next to you and say, it really is warm in here. It really is. It really is. Just, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but when, um, when rooms are quite warm, the tendency is that the eyes shut quicker. Have you noticed that? And so just be aware of the people next to you and just go, your eyes are shutting. Go on, your eyes are shutting. So just be aware. The room is very warm. Lovely. Well, it's just great to be together this morning. My name's Nathan. Uh, I'm part of the leadership team here. And it's just so good um, to be together. Thank you, uh, the band who have led us so well. And uh, what some fantastic words of what God is already doing amongst us and wanting to do amongst us. He's a good father. Do you know that? We have a good, good heavenly father who loves us, who is passionate about us. He's passionate about us. He loves us. And uh, so this morning is great because we come and we get to talk about a God who loves us and a God who is with us and for us and uh, who wants to speak to us and he wants to speak to each and every one of us. Why don't you just turn to the person next to you again and just say, God wants to speak to you this morning. sounds like you want to speak to the person next to you as well, but that's all right. We'll have time at the end for that. Over these uh, next 30 minutes or so, we're going to be continuing to uh, talk about this series that we've spent the last three weeks looking at. We called it Big, The Three Big Fields, and it was from a prophetic word that was uh, spoken over us as a church. And uh, as we've looked and heard that word, we've kind of received it and gone, yes. Yeah, we, we really believe that that's God, what God's got for us, and we want it. There's a desire in us that we go, yes, Lord, we, we long for that. And it's not that any other prophetic word, we're, we're going, no, we don't want that. No, but there's something that has just resonated in us with this word of going, yes. That time is now. That time, we believe that God wants to speak that over us now. And so that's why we're spending uh, five weeks looking at this uh, word and looking at the implications of it. And uh, the picture was of these three big fields. You might be getting very used to this picture now. The three big fields. And uh, don't worry if you're new to this church, not everyone here is a farmer. Uh, there are a few, but not ever. And it was about taking a harvest in these three fields. And the three fields were firstly the Holy Spirit, God's gift of His presence here within each of us talking of wanting to display God's power and blessings on us as a church and as a town. Secondly, the poor and God's plans and desires for us to help, to love and care for the poor. But it's not just materially the poor, but spiritually, those who don't yet know, enjoy and love our precious Saviour, Jesus. And finally, this morning we're looking at the youth. And I'd like to read uh, the specific part of the picture given to us about what God wants to do in the youth. It says this, There was a harvest of souls of people whose lives will be transformed 
from touching this church. And the first field was a field of clover. And around this field were bees, and the bees were harvesting the clover. And there was honey from this field. And I felt God say to me very clearly that this church is going to have a harvest amongst young people. That you are going to see loads and loads of young people and teenagers coming into this church. And it isn't just to fill pews. It's about transformation that will take place. They will bring transformation. They will bring the very life of God. They will bring the sweet honey of God's spirit into this church that will be taken from this church around and even into the nations. Amen. I'm going to pray and then we're going to get stuck into this. Father, we thank you for what you've already been speaking to us about. Father, we thank you for the way that you, as we fix our eyes on you, as we sing songs about you, God, you love to talk to us as well. And you love to reveal yourself to us. And Lord, I pray over every single person in this room, from the youngest to the oldest, however we're feeling today, God, would you come and meet with us? God, would you come and change us? Come and give us more and more of your heart, Lord God. Oh, Lord, we long for transformation in our own lives, in us as a church, Lord God. We long for transformation. Come, Lord God. Come and grip our hearts for what grips yours, Lord God. Come and give us a heart for the youth. Come and give us strategy, Lord God, and, and ways of reaching out to love the youth of this town, I pray. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. This morning... I'd like to mainly share lots of stories. Hands up if you like stories. Fantastic. Hands up if you don't like stories. Oh, there's a couple. There's a, well, you're going to enjoy, hopefully, these stories this morning. But I'd like to really share stories of what God's doing, what God's done, and, uh, and how God can grab a hold of a young person's life and do incredible things through them. I believe that God wants to stir faith in us as a church in each of us, for the area of youth this morning. And give us something of his heart for the youth and the young people of this town. And so I just want to go through a couple of statistics. Anyone like statistics? There's a few stats people out there. Stats and facts. Or before I put them up, let's, let's take them away, Thomas. Take them away. We don't want to reveal them too quickly. Hands up this morning. Hands up this morning. If you became a Christian under the age of 20, put your hands up. And just look around. Keep your hands up. Look around in this room. That's amazing. You can put your hands up. You know, apparently about 80% of those who become Christians do so under the age uh, of 18, I think it is. I just asked 20, but 18. That's incredible. This is an amazing place, amazing area where God loves to move. He loves to save those who are young. He loves to save all people, but there's clearly something about God's heart for the youth. Here's some more stats and facts. According to The Guardian, only 22% of 16 to 29-year-olds identify themselves as Christians in this country. 22% of 16 to 29-year-olds identify themselves as Christians. Not even sure who's a Christian, but in terms of just identify themselves as, yeah, I'm a Christian. 
22%. In Alton, there are currently around 2,900 five to 18-year-olds living here, plus another 1,000 under fives. The UK has the highest self-harm rate of any country in Europe for under-18s. Three in four mental illnesses start in childhood. 10% of school children have a diagnosable mental illness. And more than half of young people link mental illness with alienation and isolation. And just to add into that, I don't have any stats and facts about this, but when you think about the divorce rate in this nation, and when you think about the number of young people growing up without a mother or a father or both, the numbers are incredibly high. When we talk about the youth of Alton and the youth of this nation, we're talking about a group of people who are in desperate need of love, in desperate need of identity, and in need of our Savior Jesus. That only one in five of them would even consider themselves a Christian is a huge change from a generation gone by. We don't live in a predominantly Christian nation anymore. That time has gone, but we want to see it again. That we would see scores and scores of young people turning to Christ again. That this nation needs the good news of Jesus again. And so I just want to share some God stories in young people. God stories in youth. I love that as you pick up a Bible, you can't go far before you find God speaking and moving in a young person's life. It's a book with promise and hope for young people. Where our nation disregards youth, actually God loves the youth. He's passionate about young people. For our a God who loves to use the weak and rejected young people and use them for great and mighty purposes. And so if you've got a Bible, I'd love you to turn to one, chap- uh, one chapter, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16. And uh, we're going to briefly look at the beginning of the story of David. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Saul's the current king in place of Israel at the time. Since I have rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, 
but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Well, I suppose there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought, had him brought in. He was glowing with health and a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And then Samuel went off to Ramah. With God looking for a new king to reign, someone he could choose to reflect his heart and ways, he didn't look for the most experienced. He didn't look even to see, was David married? Was, it, was he married? Is, is that a good qualification? He didn't look for the big earner or the person who seemed to have everything sorted. God chose the youngest. That is great news. I love it. David, was, who was a shepherd boy, just a young teenager, he wasn't impressive looking or strong like some of his brothers. He was the forgotten of his family, the youngest and the least. And yet God sees him and loves him and plans to use him for his purposes. David goes on to be a great king for Israel. How? Because God anointed him and the spirit of the Lord came upon him for God's purposes. How are young people are in need of a move of the Spirit of the Lord. The potential is massive when the Holy Spirit moves in power. You have world changes on your hands when you see young people getting filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Here's a few other examples of God using young people in the Bible. In 1 Samuel 3, you find the calling of Samuel himself, the guy that we've just been reading about, that God calls him. He doesn't even know what the voice of God sounds like, but he suddenly hears this voice calling his name, Samuel. Sam, God calls him right from a young age to be a prophet. In the book of Daniel, we see the story, funny enough, of Daniel, plus stories of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, of these young men who God grabs a hold of, giving them dreams, helping them to escape the fiery furnace and from lions. God uses these young men to do something spectacular where they're actually they're able to say, no, we trust in the Lord. Above your gods, we trust in the Lord. In the book of Esther, we find the story of Esther. Brilliant, we're getting there. And she comes along and she just knows that God has called her for just a time as this, this young woman. To a time at, like that to save God's people and to be in a place of influence. In Genesis 37, we see the story of Joseph and how God gives him these dreams. Right as a young man, as a young boy, he has these dreams of what God's going to do in the future. That God chose to speak to a young boy to prophesy about what he was going to do. In Luke 2, we see the story of Jesus and how as his parents... Uh, take him off to the temple. Jesus decides to stay there. 
His parents go back. It's funny, isn't it? They don't even notice that he's gone missing for a little while. But Jesus is there, and he's teaching. He's teaching with uh, those in the temple. That he listens, he answers questions. God chooses to use Jesus, even as a young boy. And then in John 6, we find Jesus using the boy with five loaves and two fish. He's just got his pat lunch there. But Jesus goes, no, we're going to use that to feed thousands. Just amazing stories. That's just a small list. They're just a few of those that are mentioned in the Bible who God called and used as young people or children. God has a habit of taking that which seems foolish to the world and using it for wisdom and great exploits. Making a mockery of those who call themselves wise or great. We see that in the greatest example in Jesus. As he died on the cross, what seemed so clever and wise to the world to crucify this Jesus, God used for his great purposes to defeat sin and death, that we might know life and hope, that we would each be given the choice to follow and know this amazing Jesus. God loves to take what seems weak and rejected and turn it into his wisdom. He loves to take young people who disregard themselves, who write themselves off, who others say, no, they can't do anything. He loves to take young people and do something spectacular with them. You can then think of more recent times uh, where young men and women who have had their lives changed by God in different ways in their youth and did amazing things for God. Jackie Pullinger first had a sense of calling to be a missionary in Sunday school. She was later to do mission work in Hong Kong for years and years. Charles Spurgeon became a pastor at the age of 16. Any 16-year-olds in here? There's a few 16. Imagine becoming a pastor of a church today. How exciting would that be? By the age of 20, he was the pastor of the largest church in England, 20 years old, pastoring the biggest church in England. Evan Rod- Roberts, aged 13, aged 13, began to pray for the nation of Wales. God answered his prayer when in 1904, one of the most incredible revivals took place. Billy Graham, aged 19, when he first spoke at a meeting about all that the Lord had done for him, he preached the gospel in the following years to tens of millions of people in hundreds of countries. Elizabeth Fry, aged 17, in response to what God had for her, began to keep herself busy doing good where she saw any kind of need. She was later to do some amazing work among women prisoners and campaign to stop them being sent away to foreign countries. God loves grabbing a hold of young people and doing amazing things through them. He loves it. He loves to take those who are disregarded and rejected and say, I'm going to choose you. I'm going to do something amazing with you. I'm going to blow your mind with how big of a thing I can do through you. God loves it. We heard last week about God's heart for the poor. He loves to take those who are poor and make them rich in Christ. He loves it. You know, the youth of our town are some of the poor. He loves to take the youth of our town. He wants to take the youth of our town and make them rich in Christ, do incredible works through them. 
my own story is that although it was as a younger child that I became a Christian and followed Christ, it was in my teens that God deeply shaped me. It was my teenage years where God went to work. He still is, but God went to work in my character. He just did amazing things where he gripped my heart for the nations. He did something in my heart just as a 16-year-old of, of, of changing my heart about the nations that I suddenly, I was desperate to see the gospel taken to the nations. It was my teenage years where I knew that God called me into his purposes. Learning to pray and seeing faithful answers from God, seeing friends saved and notice something different and of, and of hope in me. My teenage years were massive learning grounds. They were times of dreaming big and of big character development. That's still happening, but it started in my teens. That was a massive moment for me. I'm so grateful that God grabbed a hold of my life in my teens. That as I saw some friends of mine disappear and kind of drift off into the ways of the world, God somehow grasped a hold of me and clung on to me. And brought me into his purposes. I'm so grateful. That's his grace. That's his faithfulness. That's his goodness. That's not what I deserve, but that is his goodness and grace. God's got a big heart for youth. In Acts 2, verse 17, Peter quoted from the prophet Joel and he said this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Prophesying young men with visions being used by God. Hands up, just out of interest, hands up if you're under 20 again in here this morning. You know, God wants to use you to prophesy. He's got lots more other things, but he wants to use you to prophesy. He wants to pour his spirit out on you. We're going to have an opportunity to pray for you if you're under 20 a little bit later on. That you would have visions of what God wants to do through you. Of what God wants to do in this nation and this town. Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 verse 12. He said, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and in purity. God values the youth and he wants to set an example to those who are older through the youth. In speech, in conduct, in love, faith, and purity. I love seeing young people who get serious about purity. Who don't give in to the ways of the world, but set themselves apart for God. I love seeing young people full of faith. Who just suddenly have these massive dreams about what God wants to do through them. Who suddenly say, I'm going to move to Africa to plant a church at like 14 years old. Like, yes, go for it. Like, that's great. God wants to give us... Our young people, big dreams. When suddenly they see something of God that is so important in their lives, they've just got to do it. They set their life's course on a direction and say, yep, I'm following after God. Jeremiah 1, verse 4 to 8 says, The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. 
But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. God formed each of us in our mother's womb. It was him who created. Not one young person is a mistake, as they might have been told. No, they were planned. They were planned. Each young person planned by God, created in God's purposes. God wants to set young people apart for his purposes. I wonder how big are your dreams for the youth of this church? I wonder how often you spend time thinking about the youth of this church. Spend time maybe dreaming for the youth of this church, praying for the youth of this church. I love it. It's, it's on God's heart. This word is something which has just come to us and we've just gone, yes, this, this, feels, this feels right, this is good, this seems like it's in God's purposes for us. Can I encourage you? Dream big for our youth. Dream big. God's got massive plans for the young people of this church. He loves to take a hold of a young person's life and transform it into something of beauty for the building and extending of his kingdom. In the words that Guy Miller brought, it it said that it was the youth that were going to bring the very life of God to us as a church. Friends, how exciting is that? I love it. God's heart for this church is that young people will bring the life of God to us. That they will carry something of God's presence and that life will, uh, will impact and affect us as a church. Now you might be thinking here this morning, you might think, so is... Is it only the youth that God cares about? Is, what about me? I'm not, I'm not young anymore. Does, does God care about me? Am I past it? Have I lost my opportunity to be used by God? Absolutely not. But there's something that God wants us to grab as a church. He wants to use each of us. Please don't hear anything else. God so wants to use you. He wants to use you in your workplace. He wants to use you with your neighbours. He wants to use you in the different ministries that we're involved in. But he wants to grab a hold of us with a heart for the youth as well. That he wants to see young people trained up, released, sent out from this place. Full of his spirit. God's heart for the youth is massive. He's got plans for the youth. I wonder as you've heard all these different stories this morning, as you've heard about different people from the Bible and different people from the history, as we've heard and felt something of God's heart for young people, what you're thinking. That's great, but it's not for me, really. It's, that's good for the church, but not really for me. Why hasn't God done that in my son or daughter? Maybe that's what you're thinking. Maybe you're thinking, we've had our... We've had our time as a church. We saw young people coming years ago. Maybe we're past it now. Maybe we've had our time. I believe God wants to come and impart a gift of faith afresh this morning. That God can move again in the youth of this town, in the youth of this church, in your children, in your friends, in your neighbours. And he can do it with or without you, but he wants to do it through us. Not just... 
individuals, but us as a church. He wants to grab a hold of us. And so I'd like to pray for us. Does that sound all right? Just where you are, you can stay sitting. I'd just encourage you, just to put your hands out. as a sign. Lord, I want to receive what you've got for me. I'm going to pray for an impartation of faith this morning. Lord God, I thank you for your heart for young people. I thank you for your heart for us as a church. I thank you that you want to grab a hold of us afresh this morning. I thank you that you want to come and change us. Lord, you don't want just a few individuals, but God, you want us united as a church. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name for faith for young people. I pray for faith over every individual in this place to believe and dream big for the youth of this church, to, be, to believe big for the youth of this town, that we would see loads and loads of young people turning to Christ in this town. Oh God, give us faith. Forgive us, Lord, where we have unbelief. Oh God, we need your help. Come, Spirit of God, fill us, we pray, with faith in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. She might be thinking, well, what do these plans look like? That's great, Nathan. I'm all up for seeing young people coming into this church. I'm all up for seeing young people say, what does it look like? Well, if we read that word again, I want to look at four things that God wants to do through this word. Firstly, loads. Loads of young people. Are you ready for loads of young people to come into this church? It might get a bit noisy, it might get a bit messy, it might get a bit busier. Are you ready for your seat to be taken by young people? Are you ready that you might turn up one morning and go, oh, someone's in my seat? Or you might suddenly be surrounded, either side of you, a youth on either side. Now, young people, you've just got to, you, oh, I know you're already there. Imagine it, that one of your friends from college or school is sitting on this side and another one on the other side. Young people filling this place. Loads. Secondly, transformation. Are you ready for a transformation for us as a church? That the average age in here will lower. We might even have to do things a little bit differently. What could that look like? I'm not even sure yet. That's exciting, isn't it? Here's the place to come to. If you're thinking, well, what's it going to look like? Oh, no. if, if we change as a church, what we do, what's that going to look like? Why don't you come along to the youth field meeting? Ten days' time, Wednesday the 11th. Come and help shape it. We're just going to explore what that might look like. We want to explore what, how do we need to change to help young people come in. I long to see transformed lives every week in this place that us as a church are being transformed to become more and more like the bride of Christ that he is getting ready to meet. Change us, Lord. Change us, Lord. Change us, Lord. Oh, God, we need you. Come and transform us as a church, Lord God. We don't want to just settle for middle-class Christianity. God, we want to be all that you've made us to be. Come, Holy Spirit, transform us as a church, we pray, that we would reach out to those you have for us to reach. Thirdly, life of God through God's Spirit. We heard a few weeks ago about how God wants to pour his Holy Spirit on us as a church. And it was great to be there on Wednesday evening. We had a fantastic time at the field meeting. And there was just a real thirst and a hunger for God's Spirit. I'm excited about what we're on the verge of, that God wants to pour himself out. He's already doing it. 
He's already moving, but he's got more and more for us. And he wants to fill young people with his spirit, that they might bring the life of God to us as a church. Fourthly, the word talks about that it will affect the church around us and the nations. I believe God wants to call, grow, and send young people from the church full of the Holy Spirit and send them to the nations for his purposes. It's great to have sent uh, Emily Coates recently, but I'm dreaming of dozens and dozens sent out to Europe, to the Middle East, to the nations of the world, that we would see young people sent with God's purposes in their hearts to bless, to love, to care for, to share his gospel, but also sent around us, sent into the workplaces around us, sent into our community, sent into our schools and colleges with a purpose and vision to make Jesus known. God has plans to move in the youth of our church and our town. It's exciting, isn't it? It's great. Love it. God has a history of moving in the lives of those who have been rejected and despised, and the youth are some of the rejected and despised of this town. They are the forgotten of this town, with not a lot on offer for them, and easy to be blamed for any trouble. God loves the youth of Alton. God loves the thousands of young people who go to Amory and Eggers and Alton School and Alton College. He loves those who travel out from this town to the schools around. He loves those who travel in. God is passionate about young people. He loves those who make a noise down the end of your street late at night. He loves those who live next door to you. He loves those across the street. He loves your friends. He loves your friends' kids. He is passionate about young people. He's passionate. He loves the young people suffering here with depression and feeling isolated and alone. God wants to break our heart for the youth at Fresh today. It's not just something for the youth team. Brian and Paula and Tom and Fiona, we are so grateful for the work that you and your teams do. It's not just for the youth teams though. This is for us as a church to care for the youth in our town, to love them, to serve them, to talk to them just to talk to them. Some of them are so lonely, so isolated, they just need someone to talk to them. That could be you and me. This is a word for us as a church. As I said, in 10 days' time, on Wednesday 11th, we're going to meet for our field meeting about the youth. Can I encourage you, if you know a young person, why not come along? I would just love to explore together. We want to explore what? What does this look like for us? We've got no fixed plans. No fixed plans of how we're going to change or anything. We just want to explore together. We want to go on a journey as a church together. Come along. Come and shape it. If you're passionate about young people, come along. There's no further commitments afterwards. This is a chance just for us to shape things together. I'd like to finish by telling you four Stories about particular young people I've seen God meet with over the last number of years through the youth work I was involved in in Woking. Jason was, uh, Jason was brought up with Christian parents, but kind of earlier in his life, his parents divorced. They eventually actually got back together. But Jason kind of lost something of his love for Jesus and went out chasing after things of the world. He would regularly get drunk and go chasing after girls. And yet, having been persuaded by a family 
member to go along to this Christian weekend. Jason decided to go and suddenly encountered the love of God like he'd never known before. Suddenly knew this heavenly father grab a hold of his heart. And Jason's never been the same again. Jason's now leading worship regularly. He's one of the most servant-hearted people I know. He loves and is passionate about Jesus. He loves to care for others. And it all started with an invite. Josh experienced his parents divorcing when he was quite young. Through his teenage years, he became quite a lonely figure, struggling with self-belief and without many friends. As he started college, a Christian invited him along to church and to to the church youth group where he strangely decided to accept it and go along. And he found that he himself was accepted, loved and listened to. Later that year, he gave his life to Christ and despite his dad dying in the last year and hardships along the way, he continues to follow Christ, continues to love Jesus, to follow after him, serving himself in the youth work and of the church too. It all started with an invite. Chloe was also from a broken family but was a popular girl at school. And so when a Christian friend invited her to her youth group, she came out to hang out just with her friend. Chloe was sleeping with her boyfriend, swearing often, and had no outward desire for God. But she was loved. She wasn't pressured. And over the course of about two years of regularly attending the youth group, she started to find herself just praying, singing worship songs, and found that she had met and encountered a living God and decided to follow follow him. It started with an invite. Katie was from a broken family too, and so along with her two siblings were removed from her mum's care and put into foster care. A Christian couple expecting to foster one child were offered three of them and accepted, feeling God's compassion for the three kids that they'd never met before, just knowing they needed a family. Katie was soon invited to a church youth weekend away. And having never known anything of the Christian message, over that weekend she experienced God's love in an incredible way where she was there then suddenly asking, how can I become a Christian? Since then, Katie has gone on to help lead her college Christian union, been involved in leading worship and youth, and taught God's word too. It started with an invite. These are just four young people I've had the privilege of seeing God move in over the last number of years. I I count it a privilege that I call them friends. They are followers of Christ, and it started with an invite. It started with an invite just from someone like me or you. God's desire is to grab a hold of young people's lives in our town, here using us as Harvest Church. You might be wondering, well... Where do we go from here? Where do I go from here? Well, just before I finish up, here's three quick applications, three ways you can respond this morning. Firstly, as I mentioned before, come to the field meeting if you want. 11th of July, no pressure, 7.30 here. We'd love to have a good room full of ideas and full of faith. Secondly, talk to the teenagers in your life, those who live around you, those in your family, those who come along to this church, those who live down your street. Talk to them. Find out what they're studying. Find out what makes them tick. Offer to pray for them. And thirdly, pray. 
pray for the youth of our town. When you rise up in the morning, pray. When you go to bed at night, pray. Think of the youth of this town. They are desperately in need of God's love, desperately in need of a saviour. We're going to finish this morning by praying for our youth. And uh, I just want to encourage you, if, if maybe at the end of this morning you, you want something uh, that you personally would like prayer for, why don't you come forward at the end and we'll find some people to pray for. But what I'd like to do now is just pray for our young people. So if you're under 20, would you just stand to your feet? It's going to nicely embarrass you now. And then will you do me a favour? Will you move and spread out across the room? Is that right? Be bold and brave. Go for it. And then for everyone else, here's what I'd like us to do. As uh, these precious people who we love and care for, I'd love it if a few people could get around each person and come, and come on forward a little bit. Come and spread out. And uh, I'd love it if we can get around them and pray for them. Just pray God's blessing. Pray, God, would you... Pour your spirit out on them, that they would be full of you, full of your spirit, full of your power. Pray your biggest and best prayers over them. And then as you finish praying, we're going to finish up the meeting. There's going to be tea and coffee outside. And uh, if you want prayer for anything yourself, you can come forward as well. But can we do that? If you're not comfortable praying, that's fine. You can sit where you are or you can go grab a tea or coffee now. But let's move around. Let's pray for these young people who are around us. Go for it. Young people, stick your hands up to make sure you've got someone with you. Everyone else, let's move. Let's go.